This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast with a match play focus, coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my little host, <laughs> by my co-host, <laughs> Sean. Ah, oh, you always got to screw the intro. Always screw the intro. Anyway, Big Sean, me, little Sean, co-host. How are you going, bro? We only talked last night. What's changed? Yeah, good, bro. Um, fuck all. Back on the podcast again, two days in a row. Yeah, back in your ears, listeners. That's um, that's that's really subtle. Um, so tonight is the Warhost show, which we sort of advertised uh, last night. If you've managed to listen to that podcast, which has only literally gone up in the last twenty thirty minutes. Um, so back to back podcasts. Uh, so we'll be talking about the Warhost event, which is this weekend. Uh, I'll get into that a little further on in the cast. But first of all, we've got a guest on tonight, um, a local lad from Wellington, uh, friend of the show, Aiden. Aiden, how are you going, buddy? Yeah, good. Good to be here. Uh, it's good to have Ooh, you, mate. It's, uh, it'll be an experience. We'll go on a journey together and see what happens. Uh, so, <laughs> Aiden, as you're new to the show and possibly the 20-odd listeners we have, um, do you want to give us a quick sort of background as to who you are or is you not fussed or, or what do you want to do man pretty open format oh, yeah. here yeah well i've um i've played aos since the launch the actual launch of it um i never touched fantasy battle but um we went into the store because we wanted to play warhammer either one of them we didn't know which we wanted and we went in just as they pulled all of the fantasy battle stuff and they had the you know the mysterious age of sigma thing coming up whatever so um i didn't have any of the pre-existing Age of Sigma crap going on. And I jumped straight on the train with um, one of the first armies that got a battle tome, the Skaven Pestilence. I've been uh, largely regretting it ever since. Um, but oh, stuck fuck with did it. they dick you on that one? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to yeah, God, I got told. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they, they were like, don't worry, mate. Pestilence were not very viable in fantasy battle, but we feel like in this game system, they're going to be great. Their feels were misplaced. But it's been three years. I've played them at every tournament that I've been able to attend, which has been about just over half of the New Zealand tournaments. And uh, if you're part of the Age of Sigma community, you'll know that I uh, just point blank refuse to shut the fuck up about them. So one day we're going to get on that top three of a tournament, but uh hasn't happened yet, but we'll get there. And uh, that's well, it, mate. I just, I'm the rat kid. It's me. You, you bet. <laughs> Old mate Sean here, uh, not myself. I was Sean at Masters last year, didn't you? Oh yeah, that was that was quite the game. It was um one of the that was probably of all the games that I played at um Masters. I'd call that my favourite one because it was just the closest down to the wire. Like I had two good wins. I had two losses where I just got utterly flattened. Like there was no chance for me. And then we had me and Sean's game, and I feel like the winner wasn't clear until the end of the last turn it was close as hell and um it was two combat armies so we just ran at each other and threw dice until the other person got cerebral palsy and yeah it went well shit let's not throw shade on the on the disabled community now 
<laughs> I think that's a bit deep for three minutes into the show. But yeah, <laughs> um, a bit of a a bit of a PSA, I guess you'll say, listeners. Um, so we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, what's the date? The fourth. So fourth of July. Uh, happy fourth of July to all our American listeners. Um, so we're recording this at it's just gone 10 p.m. in New Zealand on Wednesday. Bliss came out. Um, they haven't officially come out, so we don't have all the lists. Um, but I have managed to strong arm the TO into giving me the draft list. So there might be some errors in this li- in these lists as we go. Um, but the point of the PSA is, um, because the tournament is Saturday, so two days away, probably by the time we finish this recording, um, maybe three days away if we're lucky. Um, I will be trying to push this show out. ASAP, which means I probably won't get to edit it to the extent that I want to. Uh, so there'll probably be um, some pretty foul language, um, as there normally is. We do have the explicit tag. Um, but I also won't be editing out all the arms and R's and pauses, uh, because I probably won't have the time to. Because tomorrow I'm finishing up painting my army, and then Friday I'm driving eight hours to the venue. Um, seven, eight hours. Uh, to the town where the tournament's been held. So um, I'm pretty time poor. So this episode might be a bit rough. Um, I'm hope, hoping it's not. This is me calling on my co-hosts here to step up and run a clean episode for the next sort of two hours continuously without taking any breaks, and we'll see how it goes. Um, so <laughs> so that's my little announcement. All right, so Warhost, what is it? Uh, as I've said in the last episode, I'm coining it. It's the world's. Yes, the world's first match play tournament until someone proves me wrong, um, which they probably will. And then I'll have to, um, you know, redact that comment. But yeah, world's first match play AOS 2 tournament the week after AOS 2 has launched. Five games, two days, 2,000 point match play. Um, we are playing what scenarios are we playing? Playing places of arcane power, focal point, shifting objectives, total commitment, relocation orb. Um, everything that was released. Uh, I believe, uh, from the 1st of July, or sorry, the 30th of June, so last Saturday, is legal. Anything that's been released afterwards is not legal. So, for example, the Stormcast Battle Tome, the Nighthawk Battle Tome that drops this weekend, not in play. So I can milk, I can suckle on that sort of never-dying teat of Staunch Defender this weekend, which is sweet for me. And the um, Lord Ordinata? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, he's, 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 he made it through sort of second edition. He made the cut, but he's just probably not as good. But he's not my general, so we'll get into that a bit later. So Warhost, as I said, five rounds, 2,000 points, match play, uh, ran through the missions. There is also a pretty cool narrative setting in this event where every player writes in a little narrative background story for their armulus, and um, throughout the games, they sort of track deeds that their armies have done. It's not a narrative event, it's a match play event, but I think it's just sort of highlighting that people like to play different ways. Um, so I think it's really cool that they've been able to include a narrative setting into a match play event. Um, so as I said, send in a little story, track your deeds, and then at the end of it, from what I understand, they all get submitted to the TO, and maybe the TO asks around a few people. I'm not exactly sure how he scores it, but there is a scoring system for best narrative story told throughout the event. Um, so that's, that's something else to look for too. Um, so there's awards for pure gaming, uh, narrative and painting. Um, and there might be a few other awards, but we'll find out when we get there. Um, so that's enough about the event. 
that's enough about ourselves. Uh, we'll get on to the point of the show, which is to talk about the lists that we do have at hand and what we think about them. Um, you know, one of the first, if not the first, AOS event in the world. I don't expect any metas to be set here this weekend by any of these lists, um, but there definitely is quite a few um, trends coming through this list, uh, coming through this tournament, uh, given the amount of death lists we've seen. Um, specifically, uh, one of the, is it Sacro? What, what's Sacrament. It Sacrament. Yeah. I don't think there's a death list in it that's not Sacrament, other than yeah, Timmy, Timmy's Nagash, but. That was always a given. Yeah, yeah. But Tim has, has ran Nagash non-stop since Nagash came out. So that's, um, that's just Tim for you. Uh, so, we'll, we don't, as I said, there's, uh, sorry, so there's 20 people coming. Um, from what I understand, we don't have all of the lists. I believe there's one or two late ones. So we'll go through what lists we have. Um, and there might, as I said, there might be some errors in these lists, but they'll get picked up in final checks again, just trying to push the show out there early get people involved, get people talking, get people hyped about what is going on. Um, so I'll kick off and talk about the first list, and I'm just going to go for the low-hanging fruit here, which is my own list, because I know what's in it, and I have an idea of how it works, so I should somewhat be able to talk to the list, maybe. We'll see. Uh, so I am running Stormcast Eternals. Uh, that's what I play. That's what I have. No Stormhost, because, again, book's not in use. Uh, Mortal Realm is highish. Um, again, sorry, Realm rules are not in play for the tournament. However, artifacts are, spells aren't. Um, so I don't know if that's how the community is going to go forward, but we'll, it'll be interesting to, to, to see where we go to from here. So what do I have in my list? Um, I have a Drake Sworn Templar at 460 points. Here's my general. He's got a Staunch Defender. He's got a Storm Lance. He's got Lens of Refraction because that is Bola. Uh, and the Sar Drake has King Claude. Um, so I think the Drake's Sworn Templar is now, um, a good choice. Now that he's come down, he's sort of in that more crusher point range, you know, Stonehorn point range. Um, he effectively does everything, as, uh, the Castellan on Star Drake does, uh, minus the shield, so he can't reroll once to save, but Mystic Shield is, um, key, so place it on him. Um, and he doesn't have the command ability, which allows, um, every Drake Odinuf unit um, drag off unit to reroll wound rolls. Um, but again, when you're running a star drake, you don't normally get that many, um, drake offs into the list, so it's not a big deal. Um, then you got a Lord Castellan for the plus one buff, got a Lord Ordinator, um, because you'll see Rock Y soon. Got a Lord Encantor, um, because it's a new model, it's cool, it's a wizard. Its spell is pretty helpful, good little support piece. Um, but mainly the dispel scroll. Got a Lord Relictor, uh, with blessed weapons. Again, more on that to come. Got a spell weaver. Uh, reason for a spell weaver is it's cheaper than an encanter and it's got a dispel scroll. Um, it's signature spell gives me no use in this list, um, because I don't have the right keyword. Uh, battle line, we've got three units times five liberators. So min battle line in this list. Uh, then we've got a unit of 10 pistols, just a unit of two. And then to round it out, um, for the good guy award, I have four Celestar ballistas. Um, and then I also have the endless spell burning head. Uh, so the point is to shoot people off pretty much, um, with my Lord Ordinator buffing the Celestar Ballistas, and hopefully if I can get the Burning Head off too, allowing them to reroll ones, uh, shoot people off from range, chuck a dragon in their face when they get close, debuff them with the 10 pistols, um, and then I've got, you know, five heroes as I ran through, bit of a mix and match, you're all sort of supporting heroes other than the Star Drake, 
Um, the Star Drake's really there because, well, not Star Drake, sorry, Drake Sworn Templar is there because he's got a big, fat, sexy base and he comes with a bunch of buffs around the stars, gives my unit pluses to, sorry, gives my armies pluses to bravery. Um, and he's pretty good at fighting monsters in combat. So that's sort of the reason why he's there. Um, reason I took the list, um, as I sort of said in the last show, if you haven't listened to it, I was expecting a new Stormcast book. I wasn't expecting it to come out the week after. So I started building my two lots of soul war boxes, found out that news and sort of lost, um, lost sort of reason or purpose to start building them because I wanted to know what was in the new books. So, um, I sort of just took some of the old stuff, some of the new stuff, and I only own two solar sublisters, but I got a couple of mates that are lending me them. Um, and they just seem like broken as all hell at 100 points of a Lord Alternator. Um, so take them, have an easy, fun list to play while I'm hungover for the weekend, and that will be nice for me and probably not so nice for my opponents, depending on how I roll. Uh, so that's, that's my list. So as I said, that's the low hanging fruit there. Um, now, who wanted to grab the next list? Um, um, yeah, I'll pick up, um, I'll pick up Andy's list. It's the next one on the list for, on the, on the priority for me. Sweet. <clears throat> um, so Andy's playing Slanesh, uh, which I think he's pretty popular for. Um, that's sort of his thing, just plays Slanesh. Um, so his list is, he has two Exalted Keeper of Secrets. Um, now they got a little bit of a change from, uh, AUS 1, I guess. Uh, I think they lost their 3 up save. They're back to a 4 up save. Um, their spell got a bit of a nerf too. I do believe it was 3 mortal wounds flat, um, before in a sort of AOE bubble. Um, now it's back down to D3. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how they play at the moment. I haven't had the best look at the scroll. Um, but I know before that the damage output of them was, was huge, especially with that, um, command trade, I think it was that let them just pile in six inches so they could sit, sit safe out of combat and then pile in and nuke a, nuke a uh, unit and then, um, double pile in and go and do it again. Then he has three lawnmowers, so three exalted, uh, seeker chariots with a herald on top. Um, if you listen to the face hammer podcast, you would have heard. Terry Pike talking about a bit of a lawnmower list, um, where it's pretty cool. You can generate a whole bunch of their, um, their summoning points through them. And by the time you kill one, you've got enough points to summon back another lawnmower. So you just chuck that one in, and then he dies and you pull up another one and throw them in again. Um, so it'd be cool to see if he does that. Cause, um, I think that was pretty sick. Also the seeker chariot can pump out some serious damage to, um, to horde units and to small units. Um, it's D3 yeah. mortal wounds for every model within. So you can kill liberators with them. Um, as well as you can kill clan rats just as easy. Uh, then he's just got three units of demonettes. So he's got 130, 120 and 110. Um, and then an extra yeah. command point on top. So it comes out to 1930. So it goes to 19, uh, 1980. So maybe, maybe he didn't have anybody to lend him an endless spell or maybe he just couldn't be bothered with it, but. Um, he might pick up that, that, um, what are they called? The, uh, w- when you run your points under the triumph. triumph, he might be able to pick up a triumph yeah. being slightly less than 50 points under being 70 points under, which would be pretty handy, especially on the, um, on the big keepers to get rerolled a hit wound or save. Yeah. So the keepers, the exalted greater demons, 
Um, they're 15 wounds now. Were they always 15 wounds? There was 16 with 3 up save before. Yeah, they got a 4 up save now, and they yeah. move 14. Now they got razor sharp claws, which is 7 attacks when they're not hurt, and then they've got uh, great blades, which are 4 attacks, and they don't scale. So 11 attacks base if it's not hurt. And it starts dropping a profile once it takes four or more wounds. Um, and it's sort of Ren 1, damage 2, Ren 2, damage 3. So, yeah, that, that would be pretty interesting. I mean, my experience of playing Slanesh, um, I've only played one Slanesh army um, as a Stormcast player, and I found they didn't have a lot of Ren, um, so it wasn't a big issue for me. Lots of attacks, heaps of attacks, moves super quick. But... Oh, my fucking cat just ran through my models. <laughs> smashed a bunch of shit. Hopefully you, you broke all of my ballistas. Oh, just dropped spray cans. I don't know if you guys heard that, but just dropped spray cans all over my fucking stone guys. I am going to figure out how to skin a cat now. Um, anyway, it's so cool. sorry about that. No, I, I have no interest in doing that to my cat. <laughs> 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 oh, what is there? You let, you let me know, man. I don't, no, I don't, I don't want to know about your techniques. Um, anyway, yeah, so the two greater demons is, is pretty cool seeing that in, in, in one list. Um, and I mean, his, his army is just so fast. And given how, um, how short some of the deployments are in, um, in the new scenarios, you know, nine inches away, so you're 18 inches away in total. Um, I expect that to be sort of up in your, up in your grill first turn, especially as he has two command points. So from the first turn, that is. Uh, so he's got the one extra for being under, as Sean said. So there's a couple of opportunities to um, re-roll charge rolls from the first turn. Um, my cat's just come back into my room, and I'm hoping it's not going to jump all over my models again, so I'm just kind of keeping an eye over my shoulder. Um, Aiden, do you want to take the next list, mate? Yeah, I'm going to go in with Lee's Sylvanoth list. So um, Lee's running a Nalroot Wargrove, which is the pretty heavily defensive Wargrove, which fits with his usual playstyle, where Lee likes to kind of run the late game. He lives just around the corner from me. We play most of our playtest games against each other. I'm not going to give away too much of his direction, but Lee tends to favour the later phases in the game. He places a Wargrove at the start and kind of thinks, like, you know, am I going to jump to this and turn four to snag an objective? He doesn't usually tend to be offensive, which does do him pretty well against me, where I tend to be entirely offensive so that can work out quite well. Um, naturally, he's got the lens of refraction because it's the best artifact in the fucking game. Like, yes, sir. There's just no, there's just no two ways about it. Um, his tree lord ancient has the moonstone of hidden ways, which, if you're not familiar with Sylvanoth, it lets him do once per game. He can just pick that thing up and put it anywhere on the table as long as it's, I think, like four inches away from something. Doesn't have to be near a wildwood. Doesn't have to be near a board edge. He just gets to teleport it. And it's pretty good. Like if you if you're like me and you you know you run away from your board edge and abandon your artillery because you know you don't have time to protect that, he'll pop up and just destroy it. If there's an objective in the late game, he'll just move from one to the other and just grab it. It's really good, and people tend to forget that it's a thing. And then before it's you know too late, it's teleported and it's just grabbed the objective and you can't do anything about it. So that's pretty impressive. Um. For those people who don't know, the Branch Wraith can now summon 10 Dryads every turn on a spellcast, which, you know, that's really good. Like, they just get, if he gets it off every turn, he can get a potential of 50 Dryads onto the table for free. Now, Dryads 
aren't good in groups of 10. They actually don't get buffs until they're in a group of 12, so they're not going to be lethal, and they have to be summoned into a Sylvanoff Wildwood instead of just anywhere on the table. But he's made sure in giving his branch row for Arno's Lament Tree, which gives it plus one to its casting rolls, that it's definitely going to be able to make that five roll. That's not going to be hard. And then it's also got Verdant Blessing just to, you know, absolutely make sure that he's going to have Wildwoods all around the place. And he's taken Dreitcher Hammerdreft, which is not usual from him. He doesn't normally take her. Um, I wonder if it says which um, Dreitcher mode she's in. No, I don't think it does. It just says the spells uh, dwellers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, dwellers. you roll for it each turn, don't you? Um, no, no. She's got these two equipments that she can take. She's either a horde killer or a um, character killer. Oh, player, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, small yeah. unit killer. Butterfly I'm sword. assuming. I'm I'm pretty sure he's mailed me which one he's taken um, recently, but I'm pretty sure it's the one where it's not the horde killing one. It's the one where you get to roll a set amount of dice for each unit nearby. The one that's a bit more flexible. So that would make sense. Um, he's got his his actual units outside of the heroes. Talk about his troops. He's only got 10 dryads and two groups of five tree revenants for his battle line. He's gone for almost just the cheapest possible battle line. And on top of that, he's got six Kurnoff hunters with the scythes and three Kurnoff hunters with the greatswords which will definitely put out a lot of hurt if they're not, you know, taken care of pretty quickly. The scythes are brutal towards death armies because they're really good at thinning out hordes, and the swords are just... I don't know, I've never really faced them outside of him, and every time he gets those great swords into combat, they just ruin whatever they're fighting. So, they're something to watch out for. And then he's taken three endless spells. We've got the Prismatic Palisade, which is actually my favourite endless spell, where you just get to summon a wall... You can hide behind it and you're immune to shooting. And given the wording of certain spells, him and I have had this discussion a lot, you can still fire spells out from behind it as long as it doesn't specify visible. Because, and a lot of spells don't, believe it or not. Most do, like um, Arcane Bolt, for example, specifies the target has to be visible. Mm. Um, Dreaded 15th spell, which I use a lot, also specifies has to be visible. But a lot of the Sylvanoff spells don't, which means he can squat behind this palisade and still cast his spells while being totally free of any threat from getting shot at, which is really good. Um, Quicksilver Swords, they're, you know, pretty situational. They're good, but they're not amazing. And Soul Snare Shackles, Sean actually used against me yesterday, but I think they got dispelled pretty much instantly, so I didn't really get a chance to see them in action. Yeah, but, um, yeah they otherwise were it's, a complete non-factor yeah. in the game, because you cast them on a five, so I got them out, and then... Um, cause I cast them quite high. And then I got them out, and then next 10 you're just like, I'm just gonna dispel it on a 5, sweet. Yeah. Done. You know, <laughs> no impact. I'm gonna get my crack. I'll just summon my, uh, crack snorting grace here to just get rid of that. That's gone now. Yep. But, yep. um, yeah, as it went. But, um, yeah, all up, Lee's got a very balanced, more defensive focused, um, Sylvanoff list, which is definitely geared towards as his usual behavior is the late game. So he'll let you come to him, then he'll surround your army, which is pretty lethal. I also think that this has got a good um, bit of defense against the death armies where they get to place their grave sites, which, as we've all learned over the last few weeks, is really good now with the free summoning. He can put a Sylvanoff wood um, on top of the grave site, and then he can teleport to the grave site and make sure that nothing comes out of it. 
and normally you wouldn't build around that because you know def isn't very popular but in this tournament we've got something like four people who are just running the lords of sacrament so i think that this list is just going to do really well against them and uh that's about all i got to say about there that's a that's a really good yeah, point about um putting the trees on top of the grave sites it's it's something lee's the the whole list in general is something lee plays pretty often it, it looks like a real comfort list to him i think he's gonna do really well um oh, yeah. nothing's too out of the ordinary especially against all most of these death lists popping up um they're from players that don't really play death or haven't really played death in the past so i think lee might um pull some shenanigans on a few of them and really really mess up their plans oh absolutely yeah. I mean, Lee's been consistently playing Sylvaneth since they, since they came out, from what I understand. Um, yeah. so it's the only surprise, um, that I have, well, the only re- surprise reaction I have to his list is that he's got, um, the great swords in there. So he's got nine Kunov hunters in total. One of, one in a unit of six size, which is not a surprise. Um, but a, a three of great swords, I figured he might have gone for, because he has a unit of combat, he might have gone for a unit of great bows. Um, just to like, you know, fit out hordes or possibly snipe monster heroes and stuff like that who don't get minuses from Lookout Sir. Um, so that's really my only surprise. And the fact that he actually bothered to invest 70 points into endless spells as well. I mean, he's got Quicksilver Swords in there, which I don't think is too bad for 20 points. Like, we in New Zealand do have quite a chaos heavy meta. However, um, However, in in the list that we're going to be talking about, I think there's maybe two, three chaos lists. So there's, there's sweet fuck all. So he might have got jibbed on that choice there. With the um the Kernoff Hunter's point, I think that Lee and I have had more conversations about the Kernoff Hunter War Scroll and the points for it than I've even talked about pestilence to anyone that's willing to listen. Like we discuss the Kernoff Hunters a lot, and um he ummed and ahed a lot about not taking the great bows, but in the end. Hitting on a four just isn't good enough. Like, it's not good at all. And for what they do, they just never seem to contribute enough in groups of three, and then in groups of six, they just become too much of a target that they, again, don't really achieve much. But whenever he's taken the small groups of, like, Hunters of the Great Swords and so on, they're just devastating. Also, his Kernoff Hunters are actually converted from the old um, Treekin model using some parts from the new Kernoff Hunters kit, and they look really cool. So that's something to look out for. I think, yeah, I think he does have nine actual Kernoff hunters, but yeah, I think you're right with that Scythe hunter comment there. I mean, sorry, the great sword oh. comment. And I also think because now that they've removed damn terrain for the plus one to hit, it's even less viable because Kernoff hunters were a unit that loved damned because they had five wounds apiece. So you are not going to lose a model to one to taking damned once. And there's a number of ways to heal in the, um, within the faction. So they just, they just fucking loved it. Um, sorry, Sean, I cut you off there. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, um, I think when they were 220 points, the great bows were completely, it, it was a no-no. You literally couldn't take the great bows. I think now at 200 points, maybe, maybe you can do it. Um, but it's, it's something that Sylvanef players haven't played pretty much all the, uh, the last GHB. So, um, Maybe something you might want to test a little bit more before he does chuck them in the list, and they might replace the the great swords, or they might turn out to be um not worth the points still. Yeah, and I mean I yeah, think Aiden think. had a pretty spot on point with the whole 
um, conversation of Kunov hunters and points because I've had many conversations myself and a lot of them say the scythes are worth it regardless of points. The swords are sort of more consistent damage because they're damage two, but they're red one. Um, and the bows are good at 180, but sort of beyond that, you don't want to be spending points on them. It's almost like a sort of KO player just whinging about shit every time an errata or FAQ comes out, eh? It's, it's like, <laughs> I, I, no one's, yeah, no one's playing I, KO at this tournament, but let's not miss a chance to shit on them. Like, <laughs> oh, exactly. exactly. Get Put that ironclad in the no, good voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I, I love how people are so passionate about their armies. It's awesome. So, um, not taking a dig at anyone there, but it's, um, it's really cool. Everyone's crying wolf and it suits them. Just the um, one last point on Lee. It's important to remember with him, like, his Sylvanoth lists are usually a little bit different to what the normal Sylvanoth lists are, but he's also the only Sylvanoth player that has no trouble consistently winning. So I feel like when it comes to this army, he just knows it inside and out. And if he's got a list like this, I think he'll do well with it. Yeah, I, um, I agree. Lee's a, Lee's a solid player. Um, I don't know about spending 70 points on any of the spells. Um, but then again, I don't know the Silver Death Battle Time too well, so I don't really know what you could have got for 70 points otherwise, um, or even 50 um, points. Nothing. They probably. don't have a single option. Nah, not a single yeah. option for, um, 70. The cheapest thing they've got is, uh, Tree Revs, 80 points for five. And that's it. Yeah. And he's got, he's got two battalions in there, so there's no point just subbing in for more command points, but, but yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, going from one Silver Nef player, I'm going to slide right into another Silver Nef player. And Ooh. I've able to obtain Mr. Shorts' list. So probably the most, oh. one, of, one of the most informed Silver Nef players or players in the world, I'd say. Let's, let's just blow smoke up his ass. <laughs> so he's got a Tree Lord Ancient. He, Sorry. I was wondering if he's still mourning the loss of not being able to take a Celestial Hurricane in his list. No, no, I think he's, I think he's sort of, um, Done quite well. I think he's, I think he's done think, quite well. And I think there's quite a lot of similarities to Lee's list, but, um, there is one standout which we'll get there. So Dan, um, is also, so he's got the household and now root because, uh, I guess it's an auto include if you're playing Sylvaneth. He's got Tree Lord Ancient, General, uh, Nailed Warrior, Okanama, Regrowth. Uh, he's got Drycha as well. So Drycha making an appearance in two lists. That would be awesome. I love seeing special characters because I don't think they get taken too often. So it's really cool seeing special characters. So I, I really fucking endorse that. Um, and she's got dwellers. He's got a branch, uh, witch, uh, silverwood and reaping, uh, whatever those are. And he's got a branch wraith. Uh, he's got, <laughs> he's got Lord Croak. <laughs> you know, just, just saying, Love it. Love you know, <laughs> stands out like a sore thumb. Uh, he's got five tree reds, five oh, tree reds, 10 giants, uh, t- sorry, 10 dry ads, uh, three kernel hunters with scythes. Um, and he's got a Bellwind. Um, I can't imagine who that's going to be on. Uh, he's got a Spell Portal. Shock Horror. <laughs> he's got Quicksilver Swords <laughs> as well. Gasp. Yeah. So he's, he, so Dan might have fell into the Quicksilver, um, honeypot as well. Um, which is that there's lots of Chaos players in New Zealand, but not at this tournament. Um, so not so much comparing the two lists, but what do we think seeing, you know, both the lists, um, are now rootless? Um, well, and they're, they're quite different. And they're both really pretty low model start. count. You just gotta start with the one that sticks out like a sore thumb. You got Croak there. That's, that's an, int- like, I don't think it's a bad choice at all, especially with the latest ruling that War Scrolls overrule the general rules. Which means that Croak Celestial Deliverance for the first time since the General's Handbook 1 came out can actually be used as it's written. 
And I yeah. think that might be a big factor as to why he's here, because that spell is nothing to sniff at. It's good. I think that spell plus spell portal is, um, plus Quicksilver Swords is like literally come at me, Chaos players. Um, and he, he maybe didn't get an, as many Chaos players as he wanted. Um, right, I still think it's... then I couldn't get a dog sitter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True story. Um, but I mean, Lord Croak, just being able to cast, uh, so it's, it's, if he can cast the three spells that is, he doesn't have any pluses to casting on Lord Croak, I don't believe. Uh, jump in if I'm wrong. Uh, he can cast the spell three times and it's D3 mortal wounds to everyone within 2D6 or 3D6 plus Bailwind range. Is that correct? So even if yep. you're, so even regardless, and if you're chaos, it's D6, isn't it? Demons um, are D6. So yeah. even if, yeah, our oh, demons are D6. So, Hopefully he plays Andy. Um, I'm guessing and poor Andy. Or the other just gonna get hammered. Interestingly, or the other Seraphon list, because all Seraphon have the demon keyword. So if he gets into that fight with who is it, Ron's got a Seraphon army? Yeah, Croak Ron can has actually a really mess Yeah, Croak can really mess Seraphon up because his demon special attacks proc on Seraphon. Don't they have celestial demons? Though? Uh chaos, chaos demons, uh, chaos demons Pop-up. only. Oh, yeah. chaos! Yeah, demons. I was lame. Yeah. <laughs> lame. Got a little bit excited about that one yeah. too. That would have been gnarly. Yeah, I was. Oh, that would have been beautiful. I was buying what you were selling there, Aiden, but I was thinking that's got to be too good to be true. How have we not heard about this beforehand? Yeah. Um, I don't so... think there's like I've never seen a Seraphon player face another one because the collective boredom would just kill everyone in the room. So <laughs> yeah, no, they just I've never have seen been... that matchup. The, the blank demon keyword. It's just, yeah. order demon, order comma demon comma. Um, so, so yeah, no, that would have been interesting. Uh, so yeah, croak. I mean, even, even if you're not a demon, your army taking 3d3 mortal wounds is, is going to hurt, especially the other Sylvanef player. That will hurt as well. Um, but most people have lens. So, um. <laughs> Sorry, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Dan's, Dan knows what he's doing. Um, he's a smart guy. Um, I have no doubt that he has analyzed this list a number of times and has a cunning plan. And if he comes up about, if he comes up across me, he's probably going to punch my dick in and surprise me. And then I'll talk about it next week. It'll be funny. Um, sure. so that's enough about Dan's list. So who wants, uh, so Sean, I think it's your turn, yeah, bro. And who are you going to pick give up? Give me, give me that, give me that bloody, uh, that corn list there. I can't go past it. Yeah. I thought you were going to go. Um, yeah, old Byron. Yeah, Byron. <laughs> so I wish, I really wish I could read out, um, Byron's narrative to his list. Um, but I think Sean would have to go back and chop it all out. Cause it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Almost probably a little bit too far for the podcast. <laughs> um, so Byron. Like do you it. want to give us a, do you want to give us a teaser sentence out of context? Give us a sentence. Uh, I want to go home, but some dick cut up my wings, so now I can't fucking fly. I think that's probably the most PG one in there, <laughs> so we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about corn, so I wonder who yeah. that is. I'm actually kind of shocked because the last time I spoke with Byron, he was a very friendly and well-spoken man, so reading this is quite shocking for me. <laughs> yes, he can. He comes off as a real nice guy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so Byron's list. Anyhow. Byron's list is uh, Scarbrand. No, no surprises there. Uh, Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury. A Bloodsecrator. A Slaughter Priest. 
another Slaughter Priest, a Blood Stoker. Um, then he's got a unit of five Blood Warriors, 20 Blood Reavers. Ah, it's that three lots of 20 Blood Reavers, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what that number means. Yeah. yeah. 10, yeah. 10 Blood Reavers by themselves, uh, two Core Graphs and five Wrathmongers. And then it's all squished into the Gore Pilgrims Battalion. Um, he's also 50 points under, so I assume that's for a command point as well. Yeah, so he'll start with three command points, but it looks yeah. like, well, start with, start with two, sorry, but as soon as his turn, first turn ticks over, it'll be three points. I assume um, that's and probably. Both Slaughter Priest has bronze flesh. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, both Slaughter Priest have bronze flesh, so, um, that's plus one save, um, to any corn unit, and that does stack, so he can put Scarbrand on a two up save, so that's pretty, um, pretty safe way to get him into combat. How on earth did that make it into oh, this edition? It's fantastic. Like they changed Mystic Shield. <laughs> they changed Mystic Shield, and they're like, "Oh yeah, but Corn keeps to keep its non-rule of one stackable version. Like they can stay." I think, um, I think Corn got hit hard enough with the Nerf Hammer that, um, that we we must be allowed our prayers to stack still. Uh, I think you'll get a, I think you'll get a sneaky book release, which will just like come up one week, back, like, sort of like they did with the Blades of Corn book, because you know Corn's a big yeah. army. In AOS, and it's a big protagonist in the story as well. That they'll just sort of slide it in there with no new models and be like, "By the way, we've got you a new book, and we've updated a bunch of shit." Um, Please forgive us. Yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> That's just my assumption. I have, I have no sources. I am not connected whatsoever. Um, and I, and I assume if that happens, then Bron Flesh will be reviewed because the Lord uh, Castellant has um sorry I was just trying to remember his name. Um his lantern buff no longer stacks. Uh so which was also another one that could stack and was just a given because it's an ability that he does. Um but going back to this list, uh so got the old Gore Pilgrims, which is very popular. Yeah. Um he's got he's got enough bodies, he's got seventy bodies of blood reavers and then he's got a couple of blood firsters and a you know a a banner to buff everyone with Gore Pilgrims so it increases the range. So we're thinking the idea is Scarbrand and Bloodfest run across the board, Reavers hold up the, the board and, and go from there? Or, I don't know, Sean, as a resident corn expert, you got any insight? Yeah, so I think, um, I think the Gore Pilgrims is actually going to be pretty sweet um, with this lineup. Uh, the Phage Slaughter Priest with an 8, um, when he puts the banner down, it expands the range by six inches. So the range will be 30 inches at the moment. Um, and that's plus one hit, no battle shock. But the niggly thing for the death players is that they have to reroll all of their successful cast rolls. Um, so with all this magic on the board over pretty much all the armies we've seen so far, just, just the reroll can be an absolute pain in the ass. Then there's a lot of, uh, dispelling on there as well. It's got the brazen rune for another dispel. Um, he's going to stack up the, the blood tithe points pretty quickly and be dispelling again. So it'd be pretty cool to see how much he can really shut down. Um, with magic, magic being so prevalent at the moment. Um, the, the three units blood reavers, I'm assuming that he'll probably chuck those forwards, um, in front of everything with the Wrathmongers behind, then Scarbrand and the, the Bloodthirster behind those, um, and leave that 10-man unit of Reavers and the Blood Warriors to sit on this point. The problem there might be that um, Scarbrand might get stuck, stuck behind 60 Blood Reavers. Yeah. Hopefully, 
That's what Hopefully I. Hopefully, they go and just destroy some chaff and then just explode themselves, and he gets some free blood type points, um, which might give Scarbrand a juicy target if he stacks him up on that two up save. Um, kinda. It's also a bit of smoke and mirrors as well because you don't want to be killing blood reavers because they're shit. Um, but with the banner down, they you know they're not going to run to battle shock. And is it if they have the one of their weapons has rend. I can't remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah, so the axes are fours, fours, minus one ren, one damage. So it's pre- it's pretty good when they get yeah, three attacks but... a piece. It, it stacks up pretty quickly. It's it's definitely yeah. the right choice. So it's, a, it's, it's a lot of dice. Yeah. Yeah, is, is what I'm trying to get at. A lot of dice. So, you know, you need to sort of deal with the Blood Reavers, but you sort of don't want to be dealing with them because you want to get rid of Scarbrand, and you don't want to sort of somewhat damage Scarbrand. You want to take them off completely. Yeah, so I, th- Cause I think just, with that bronze flesh, that's, that's how you combat that. Um, hopefully, he just sits that bronze flesh on him until, until he gets a bit of an opening, give him a whip, and then um, throw him through the gap. Straight into Nagash would be nice. Just take Nagash off in, in one go. Yeah, that'd be um, that'd be the dream. If Byron managed to do that, send me a picture, please. <laughs> leave, <laughs> leave Timmy crying in the background out. But yeah, no, that'd be fucking sick. Be great to see him take off a Morafi or oh, some yeah. shit like Fuck that. Yeah. Be That's awesome. awesome. Um, anything else to add to Byron's Lysaden, or are we good to move on? Uh, honestly, I'm just happy to see Raphmongers being taken. They're one of my favorite corn units, even if they're pretty. And now you have to hit them. I like them. You can't opt have to not attack. Hit them. Yeah, you have. To People used to never know that you could do that. It was the funny thing. They were like, "I guess I'm attacking the Raphmongers." It's like, I mean, you don't need to. <laughs> but yeah, now that they are what they are. I think they're a lot better. And I just love the kit. Like, I think they're the best-looking corn model there is. So, good on you, Byron. Love it. And Byron's army is actually painted um, painted really nicely as well. I've oh, seen yeah. it a couple of times. They get a lot of- looks good. And um, and it's a shame that you're not going to be around, Sean, because Byron's a big fan of chest off, so given a man that lifts. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that we get a lot of pictures of the armies, because, like, particularly Byron's basing looks really good. And, um... Dan Street, I haven't actually seen his army since the last Nikon tournament in Auckland, but he's also a really talented painter. So uh hoping to see a lot of good pictures. Yeah, and Dan's also got some pretty cool water features on his bases basin as well, so it'll be it'll be good to see what he what he pulls out with the croak and how sort of cohesive it is in his army and so on and so forth. Um yeah, I mentioned earlier he had a Hurricanum, but it was like a converted Celestin Prime, it looked amazing. Oh no, uh, that forty K model, um Yin Khan? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all treed up and so on. You had that last year, and that looked really cool. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so, Aiden, what list do you want to take, mate? Man, I'm going to pick up the weird one. I'm going in with the Chaos Dwarfs Army, or the Legion of Asgore, as they're called now. So, um, this is John's list. He's focusing pretty heavily on the Centaurs, um, or the Baha'i, as they've been keyworded by the Forge World, and his general is Shator the Executioner, the only Forge World Age of Sigma character series model we have at the moment. Shator recently got a War Scroll overhaul with the Age of Sigma 2 and Forge World bringing out a an actual battle tome for um you know the Chaos Dwarves, which was a big surprise for everyone. We were pretty much convinced that the two Forge World battle armies were just going to fade away. So it was fantastic to see them get their own battle tome with allegiance abilities and artifacts. Um, so Shator's new command ability specifically buffs the centaurs in his army, the bull centaurs, 
and also the characters. Pretty much, if it's a bull centaur or chateau himself, his command ability buffs it. It's a 24 inch holy within, and it just they get to reroll their charges and so on. It's really good. And by the looks of it, he's fully geared his army around centaurs at the front, war machines at the back, with some infernal guard fire glaives. Which, if you've not seen them before, they're pretty much the dispossessed um, guns that they've got, but Chaos Dwarves, in that vein, on a 6, they get to do double damage to wound, that sort of thing. And he's taken 20 of them, so that's pretty good. Um, he's got the three war machines, which are the Skullcracker War Engine, which is a bizarre war machine, like it's a melee. It's a war machine that's good at melee, it's kind of bizarre. And the Death Shrieker rocket launcher and magma cannon. The magma cannon's a lot like the um, the warp lightning cannon for Skaven, where it focuses on dealing mortal wounds. Whereas the Death Shrieker rocket launcher is quite similar to the Hellblaster um, rocket valley thing that the Empire used to have, which is a long range. Pretty much, you know, you you pick off heroes of it. I faced a Legion of Asgore army uh, maybe last year, um, quite similar to this one. And it did the combination of shooting me off the table while also combating me off the table. Which is pretty impressive, because like, I play an army which is fantastic at combat, and this army just smacked me away. Like, I couldn't do anything against it. So I'm um, all up, kind of hard to say how this army's going to play, given the new rework to the Legion of Asgore. But if John knows his list and he's played it a lot, I wouldn't be surprised if he does quite well with it. I think um, a couple things to note on the. Um on the list there is the demon smith's um cheeky little spell that pre oh, yeah. uh pre update it was amazing it was minus two to sh- uh, for a unit in the shooting phase um at 20 inches now they've redone it and somehow made it better so it's cast on a six you pick an enemy unit within 36 inches of the caster um and visible to them and you subtract one from all hit rolls uh, so shooting and combat, and you can't run. So <laughs> for a 100-point hero casting on a 6, picking somebody all the way across the other side of the board, um, I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Pretty toast. Um, and then the other thing is that cheeky little Skullcracker war machine. It's quite sneakily um, tough and... Puts out a shit ton of damage. It's um, I think if you max it out, it's forty six attacks, fours, threes, neg one, uh, or neg yep. two maybe. Um, d three damage a piece. So the numbers you can pump out of it is pretty awesome if it goes off. Um, and then I do believe it's got a three up save as well, or it definitely did before it had a three up save. Um, so it's pretty hard to take care of as well. I feel like it might sneak into a couple um, yes. into a couple heroes. And they're sort of just looking at it going, ah, oh, it's just a train, and then all of a sudden it takes off takes off something somebody didn't see coming. Yeah, it's one of those armies where 90% of people would never have heard of half the stuff in it, and that'll be what causes them to lose to it, because they just have no idea yeah, what's coming yeah. from them. Yeah, I'm just quickly looking at the scrolls now, because I don't have a clue what this army does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wait, it does yeah. what? You know, um, basically... I mean, the, the war machines are very cheap. Like, they're very cheap point. Points wise, so I'm thinking, are they awful or are they just undercosted? They were super cheap before and they're still cheap, super cheap now. It's amazing. The Magma Cannon is uh, more points efficient than a Thunder Tusk for ranged mortal wounds. So that's no joke at all. 
really have just got to respect the fucking prowess of a man that is running an army entirely made out of forge world red. This guy doesn't fuck around. This is a this is a full resin army. Yeah, so it's just oh. so the magma cannon is you just roll d6 um, to a unit within 18 inches. Add one to the result if the target unit has 10 or more models, and on a free plus, it suffers the number of model wins equal to the roll. Um, so yeah, 18 inches, not a huge range. It, it moves three inches, so 21 effective. Six wounds, four. So the sneaky save. stuff there is the the demon you know, smith makes it 24 inches, um, and then then the train oh, pulls yeah. it as well. So I think it can be 24 plus <laughs> eight for the train, maybe. So I think it's 32. It's also a real fuck you to any sort of five wound heroes as well because it doesn't have a hit roll. It's a missile profile, but it just says to hit C below, and then it just says on a free plus. Um, the target unit suffers a number of mortal wounds rolled. So if you've got a five wound hero and you hit, you're suffering at least three mortal wounds, if not up to six. Um, so that'll be interesting. And, and yes, going back to the hobby side of it, John um, is a very committed man. Um, the the army is only 1,840 points, so he's missing 160 points. I'm not sure if he was looking to stack command abilities, I mean command points, or if he just didn't have enough money to um, buy Forge World, or if he just didn't have enough models, or if the points changed recently, I don't know. I have no idea. I, over, over in New Zealand, it's really expensive to buy Forge World. Um, but John is I an excellent... Sorry? I have a pretty strong suspicion that um he wants three command points because the re-roll to charge command ability is going to come in so useful in this list. Uh, yeah, well, so, so he has three extra command points for having 160 points total less, and he's got three units of those ball centaur raiders. He gets a command point at the, at the start of his turn for Shator to use his command ability, where everyone gets to... Is that to re-roll charges? And, and you re-roll, re-roll, re-roll once one, to hit. Yeah. The yeah. other thing is re-roll, hit, roll, the Torox let him run and charge as well. So if he burns um yeah. the run and charge, then the re-roll charges um and then chucks two sixes down on the run roll, then all of a sudden they're running and charging plus six. Um and then re-rolling charges, so and they move what? 12, I think 12, it was a little bit I think they move slower. 12. I think it was um, maybe an eight or a nine or something. Like yeah. or something. Don't don't quote me on it though. Oh okay. Shuttle moves seven. Again, though, so they move seven. power. We don't know what it does. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It could be a sneaky good list because I know John's played this. The earring seems to move seven or more because John's played it a number of times, um, and it's just an army that we don't see that often from. Um, from what I know, there's only two people in New Zealand that have this army, but oh, I don't know everyone in New Zealand, so sort of a redundant comment. Um, <laughs> so the Bull Centaur Tarok's command ability, uh, so he's got a command ability, so this might be why he's using it. Um, in fact, I think this is why he's using it. Uh, pick one friendly model with his command ability, add one to hit rolls for attacks made with melee oh, weapons. So it's changed. Um, by friendly Bahal units, wide air, wholly within 12 of this model at the end of that phase. So pick one model within one of those units of ball centaurs, and then everyone wholly within 12 of that unit gets plus one to hit. So if he's using the other command ability where he can reroll charges and reroll ones, and his ball centaurs are hitting on threes, twos, rerolling ones, where are they? Hitting on threes, rerolling ones, wounded on threes, three attacks each, running one damage two. 
Um, and then the hooves again, three attacks, fours and fours. No ren, one damage. So we a lot of dice, and they're five wounds apiece. It'll be like fighting Mournfang, but something that's a bit better than Mournfang. They have terrible bravery, but yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in yeah. units of three, so that terrible bravery isn't really going to come into play. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see his army because his army's awesome. Looks looks fantastic. Um, and it'll be awesome just to see something that's a little different. And it'll be awesome to oh interesting to see how he goes as well. Um, I don't know maybe the Auckland lads are a bit more familiar with with the old Legion of Asgore or whatever they call these days because John's a local up in Auckland. Um, yeah. so I'll I'll grab the next list. Uh, it's come back to me, and I'm going to move on to James, uh, not Paige. Um, James M. Uh, so he is running the uh, one of the free order lists, I think there is. Uh, so it's an order Draconis. So it's a bit of a blast from the past, I guess you'd say. Uh, so he's got, <laughs> yeah, so he's got a Dragon Lord, General, Command Trait, Legendary Fighter, um, Artifact Runeblade, and then he's got another Dragon Lord, um, Artifact Gildan Bay. I don't, I don't know what that is. Maybe one of you guys can fill me in on that. Uh, and he's got Dragon Lord Noble, and he's got a Spell Weaver. And then, uh, for his non-heroes, he's got four units, uh, times five of Dragon Blade. And then a unit of 20 Glade Guard. And then he's got two battalions, uh, which is Dragon Host times two. And his army comes out to be, uh, 1940 points. And he is starting with three extra command abilities because he's under, he's got one from the 50 points. Um, and then he's got two battalions. So come his first turn, he'll have four commander points. Uh, so it's a fairly small sort of elite army. Um, from what I understand, the dragon will just sort of run across the board and just punch you in the face. Um, and that's, and that's really about the simplest way I can put it is the dragon host gives them an ability where they get to move a free sort of if yeah, you so know, it's, please jump in like twelve to fifteen. So it lets the, the dragon lords shoot and then, if they want to, um, or you can charge as well. I think. Uh, yeah, I've just got it move. here. So um, a bit, yeah, it allows them to move yeah. twice basically, which is yeah, twelve, fantastic. fourteen inches. Yeah, and you can shoot yeah. the, the shoot the dragons as well. Oh. Yep, yep. Um, if you sh- you can um either attempt to charge, or if you're within range, you can use the dragon lords dragon fire ability. So they can do D6 mortal wounds with those guys too, so that's pretty that's pretty tasty. And it's important to remember that any of this stuff does not prevent them from doing it a second time in the turn. So you're no. going gonna to catch that twice. Uh, so that oh, artifact, um, the Gildan Bay, that's, a, that's yeah. a primo artifact I remember listening about. Um, basically, all enemy heroes, I don't think it says just one, no, all enemy heroes, uh, within three inches of that Dragon Lord, can't use their artifacts. So oh, no. no more lens, no more ethereal amulet, no more yeah. whatever yep. other bullshit you have up your sleeve. Um, mirror shield. shield or yeah. <laughs> no more vermin lord corrupt of the sword. <laughs> um, it's pretty tasty. Hey, shh, shh. We, we were not telling anyone about that till after the full <laughs> arms. That's the agreement. And, um, sort of judgment and it, shit artifact, guys. And, yeah. And the um and Dragon Lords aren't overly easy to move as well. Um you don't just sort of take them off, you know, willy nilly. Um so it's it's interesting. I was thinking why doesn't he have a quicksilver potion? Because I would assume he'd do the whole the old sort of 
uh, AOS one or General's Handbook sixteen routine where you where you'd have two to three of them and you'd charge them all first turn and then you'd pop Quicksilver potion one after one and, and his whole army would fight turn one before you'd even got a chance to do anything. Um, so I assume that was the that was the sort of plan, but we'll see what we'll see how he goes and what he does. Yeah, I quite I quite like it. It's it's either going to go big or go home that list, and he's really gone big or go home with that artifact as well. So yeah, cool to see what happens. It's mobile so suck as well. So, oh yeah, yeah, relatively resilient too. As as someone who's painting, yeah, I don't know to say. Yeah, but we'll see. Sorry, sorry, Aiden. Oh, it's all good. As someone who's painting Scourge Privateers up, like as we're talking, I fucking respect anyone that takes one of the old elf armies, man. Like, I'd I'd love this guy to win with this Order Draconis list. Like, you've got my you got my seal, man. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, it's um. Yeah, as I said, it'll be interesting to see what's going on. And I'm, I'm interested to see how he uses the Spellweaver as well. Is it purely there from Mystic Shield, or is it there just for the spell? I assume it's there for the spell. Um, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, oh, he does have... We, we didn't talk about it at all, but he does have some... Sorry, hang on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe moving on while, <laughs> yeah, while Aiden has a chat there. Um, I think next yeah. is... Uh, this Finn's list. Yeah, oh, yeah I'll take, take I'll take the big bad boy, the the AOS scenes list. Um, so he's decided to put down the Skyfires. Yeah, and um, pick up the Dirty Death. So he's running Lords of Sacrament and Legend of Sacrament. Um, this is a super popular uh branch of Grand uh the Legends and Nagash book. And, um, battalion that we're going to see across a lot of the lists. Um, so he's got Arcan the Black as his general. Uh, the spell is Amaranthium Orb. So it's D6 mortal wounds in a line, everybody within 12 inches. Uh, then he's got the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon with pinions. So plus five to the movement. Obviously it can double. Um, and he has that awesome artifact, Ethereal Amulet. Um, so I think that's one of the other big ones you're going to see as well as Lens. Basically what it means is that the Vampire Lord is on a 3-up save with the shield, and there's no reason not to take it. And then the Ethereal Amulet means that he ignores uh, all modifiers to a save, plus or plus or minus. So he's always a 3-up save, followed by a 6-up death save. So he is so hard to remove. Um, that Vampire Lord plus healing, healing yeah. the whole way through. Um, yep. It's, yeah, it's, it's a tough one that he can just throw out by himself yeah. and see what happens with him. He's about 14 odd yeah, wounds. 14 is he? wounds. As well. Free up save base. Yeah. It's, I mean, I learned about zombie dragons or vampire lords and zombie dragons at Nikon, um, the first event we covered. And shit, that was an experience. Um, just when you think they're low, <laughs> nah, nah, they've got D6 wounds back because they sip some sort of chalice. So, um, I think it's I think it's a good combo and it'll be interesting to see. But you're right. I think he can. It's just a unit that he can like yolo out onto the field, um, for lack of a bit of a bit of term, and just be like, "Come at me, bro. Um, I'm pretty resilient, you know." And really, the only thing that's going to eat from is mortal wounds. But but yeah, uh, sorry, mate. Yeah. So next here's two necromancers. So that's all part of the um, Lords of Sacrament. Uh, they all get an extra spell each. So when we get down to his endless spells, it means uh, they can throw 
the endless spells as well as Van Hell's, as well as uh the the death spells that they have. Uh so one has fading vigor and the other one has overwhelming dread. Um maybe if you guys could have a bit of a squiz to which ones they will are. Um I'm pretty familiar with them but I don't want to mess them up. Uh so then he has yeah, it's just the bravery. Yeah so is it minus one to wound, minus one bravery? Fading vigor? Yeah, and then I yes, think overwhelming so. dread might be the minus one to hit, minus one attack. That's yeah, that's going off the top of my head. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Then he's got two units of five diewolves, so that's part of his battle line. Um, Forty skeletons, so that's that's his battle line. It's also his chaff unit. It's his meat shield. It's a lot of damage as well um, for people that haven't played against the new ramped up skeletons. He can keep pulling them out of the grave um, as long as Arcan's alive. So yeah, it, it's such a hard unit to deal with. You've really got to shut down the grave sites, um, or shut down the general, and then then the skeletons will leave you alone. Otherwise, they just they just take over the board, and you can't do a lot about it. Um, then he has the mortis engine, so that's part of the Lords of Sacrament as well. Um, buffs the casting of of the necros and arcan, and uh, the vampire lord. It's a pretty key piece. Yeah, and heals. heals, heals. It's got a, it's damage in the shooting phase too. I think it's the AOE bubble it puts out. Um, it's a pretty key piece. Yeah, the mortal. Pretty key piece great. to his army. Um, it provides the extra spell, and it provides a plus one save in the shooting phase for Arcan and the Necros in itself, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be, they're going to have targets on their heads, either Arcan or the Mortis Engine, maybe. As the first ones to take out, uh, Necro's actually a lot harder to shift than they look. Um, recently they got an FAQ, uh, so they can't take their death saves and then their pass. They have to take their pass and then their death saves. Uh, so a little bit easier, still, still really hard to get rid of. Uh, then he's got 10 graveyard, uh, and then down to endless spells. So he's got cogs, speed everything up, plus two, plus two to charge, plus two to move. So movement six skellies yeah. is pretty is Works pretty well. sick. Or um yep. That's what I'm or uh, the Vampire Lord. So that'd be sixteen inches and then if he doubles the pinions, that's uh twenty six inches movement on the Vampire Lord and then charge, so that's not a run. There's some Skyfire level speed. Uh then he's got Gemnids. That's a personal favourite of mine. It's an awesome little spell. You can throw it a lot further than the rest of the um, the endless spells. You can throw it 18 inches and then move it. Move it 8. Um, and what that does is if you run over the same unit, it's 2d3 mortal wounds, 1 per. Uh, and then minus 1 attack, minus 1 a hit. So it's a great debuff and some pretty good reliable damage too. Um, then after that, he's got the pendulum. I think that one's... Yeah, yeah I think it's amazing. I've been um, just going on a bit of tangent, I've been throwing it around the board with Marathi at 36, um, sniping heroes with it if you feel like it, and then bring it back and go debuff a unit with it. It's, it's really underrated, I think. I'm surprised we haven't seen it pop up in the list so far. Uh, so yeah, then he's got Pendulum, Pendulum Last, so that's just D6 Mortal Wounds flat. Um, it's quite a cool spell because you can just throw it and not have to worry about it coming back at you. Um, you can see it coming out of the Vampire Lord once he gets in combat. It's going to be really hard to shift, so if he throws D6 Mortal Wounds in a big line down their army, um, 
which he knows can't come back and bite him in the ass is pretty is probably where that's going to go most of the time. What do you, um yeah, what do you guys think of of Finn's death list? Um, oh, you go, Aiden. You go. Yeah, I definitely think he's um he's gone along the same path as a lot of the other death lists, obviously, but um that doesn't make it any weaker. Like this thing is ugh. Like the Lords of Sacrament, Ark and the Black is just going to be obnoxious. And um, I'm not sure if this has been brought up, but I'm pretty sure that with Arkin's command ability, seeing as the whole way command abilities work as a unit can only be affected by this one command ability once, right? But that refers to targeting. So if Arkin was to, say, use his command ability where he buffs the range of casters, if he was to use that multiple times, it would extend the range mm, yeah. multiple times as well. Which means you you could easily just hammer an orb all the way to the other side of the table and just cut. Yeah, no, that's a good point. There, he'll have those um two spare command points too. Yeah. So even if he saved it until turn two or three, he'd be able to um send that a hell of a longer a lot longer than twelve inches. Yeah, um, I think I'm also personally shocked to see. A list that isn't in Heish, so no lens of refraction here. Yeah, yeah. I think the amulets yeah. um one of the other best artifacts, especially on something with a good save. Maybe not so much on a four up save, but a three up save, it's that's that's money. That's real good. You can miss it shield them too, so three ups re rolling ones yeah. with no modifiers. Yep. I think on something like a Vampire Lord it's just money and sort of units like uh Frost Lord spoilers. Um it's also really good. You know, I, I think Finn has a pretty pretty Sexy list here, to be honest. Um, he's got Arcan, who's just oh, yeah. a mini Nagash, he's boss in the magic phase, he's got a vampire lord, who's just combat monster. Um, he does get the six up death save, um, which I guess is something, but more importantly, he's a free up save. He's a combat monster. He can also cast a spell from what I understand. Um, and he ignores Ren. So when you're throwing them into fight combat, for the most part, you're, you know, you're doing shit that Ren's and, and he just ignores it. So it's sweet. He's got two necromancers there to cycle spells and um just to provide buff and debuff factors to his army. He's got a unit of forty skeletons, which is just gonna be an absolute bitch to move um all at once, because you're gonna have to blow him up pretty much. because uh, he can just inspire and present some. Um and you have to sort of kill Arcan and then kill the skeletons because he can just bring him back and then you're just sort of pissing into the wind at that point. Um and I don't think there's a lot of armies out there that can sort of deal out, what is it, about 12 wounds to Arcan, 11 wounds to Arcan, and then another 40 wounds to Skeletons in the same turn. Um, he's got the Mortis Engine, which is, again, another support buff piece. Um, so he's got multiple threats. He's got Arcan, he's got the Zombie Lord, and he's got the Skeletons. The Skeletons are on, they've got Spears, so what's it, a 2-inch reach, you know, 25 mil bases, there's 40 of them. Um, they get more attacks, the bigger the unit is. It's, it's going to be crazy. Uh, as I said, he's got the Mortis Engine, uh, so that's an awesome buff piece or a get out of jail free heal on the on the vampire lord if he needs it and he's got some graveguard who aren't too bad and then he's got um a sort of a good sort of variety of endless spells there cogs just makes this army even more scary um you're going to want to sit back if you're playing this army um pendulum will be i don't know i'm still sort of hit and miss on that because i still think you can just sort of stand to the side, <laughs> you know, just like sidestep it, and it's gone. Um, and it's not effective, but we'll see. So, no, I think, I mean, and Finn's, Finn's a 
pretty solid player, so I think it's um, a list to beat, that's for sure. Um, unless there's anything else to add, Aiden, did you want to grab a list and go for it? All right, let's uh, let's see what we can find. Just have to make sure I don't pick a. Um, I've been writing down names of be. yeah of people who we've done so far. There's actually more order armies than I thought there was because there are two silver new armies. Oh, so, yeah. I'm gonna jump on Fraser and his oh. Nurg- Maggotkin of Nurgle list. Oh yeah. All right. So Fraser, um, winner of the Nikon tournament, which is the most recent one before this one. Fraser's running the Glotkin surprise. Rotigus, double surprise. Um, he's got a Maggotkin Sorcerer, which is quite a nice little caster there. Um, he's got a bomb of 15 Chaos Knights, which is pretty much Fraser's whole win condition, is his 15 Chaos Knights. The, the list can do other things, obviously, but he's a big fan of this Knight bus, as he calls it. The yeah, God. And then he's Dark got Knights. his, um, yeah. And he's got his three groups of 20 Marauders. It used to be three groups of 10, but Games Workshop decided that marauders need to be in the unit that they're sold in, which, if it happened to my clan rats, I'm glad it happened to marauders as well, so take that. And then he's got the Chaos War Shrine, which is really useful in the Nurgle list, obviously. Um, it makes his units even more survivable than what they were beforehand. And then his endless spells are the Chronomantic Kongs, with Cogs, which are... <laughs> yeah... On top of his on top of his trees, which makes him run and charge as it is, you can just get <laughs> off Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and the Emerald Life Swarm really just brings to the list the one question, which is why doesn't the Glockkin heal himself every turn? Now he does. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's so stupid. It's like a resilient army that has save after save and has ways to heal. And ignore damage and then the heads and something that can heal. Oh, man. I feel like Slaves to Darkness are this just annoying mini faction where it's like we solve the problems that all the big god books have. Like, Nurgle's really durable, but it's slow unless you've got some Chaos Knights. Zench is yeah. powerful, but it's not durable unless you've got some Chaos Knights. <laughs> and it's just, they just to plug them in a god list and it will fix it. Yep. So. Yeah, I've had this rant, and I can't remember if it was on the show or not, but um, it was along the lines of Chaos is so versatile and good because Slave to Darkness can just plug and play anywhere and fill a gap, um, and they're normally pretty resilient. But yeah. Um, but no, it's another solid list from Fraser. It's pretty similar to the list that he ran at Nikon, which he won Nikon with, uh, except there's no Gaunt Summoner and no Bailwind, and his Marauders have had to go from units 10 to 20. Um, but the main crux of it is Glockkin Rodigus buffs up knights, knights come at you, War Shrine buffs knights. Um, yeah, so, so it'll be interesting to see if the dynamic changes a whole lot. Don't think it will. Um, and the endless spells will bring something different. And commander points might, sorry, commander points, command points might actually come into play with him because he did like to use Glockkin's command ability. So he might just be dropping them every turn or not. I'm not. Sure, I think he's really going to feel Lens is um yeah is yeah buddy is that, I think that's the only really outlying issue and difference between um Nikon and uh, Warhost is that um how we used to pick off everybody's heroes come turn two turn three um now he's 100 percent relying on the dial to do it because Lens is just going to shut down the, anything with D3 mortal wounds really um Rodigus and the sorcerer who's 100% there just for the um, 
the Plague Squall, which is pretty much the same spell, just goes off on a six. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Also, it's important to remember that at Nikon, we couldn't dispel him at 30-inch range. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got that, Aiden. You can sit Rodigus at the back of the board, and he can sit there play with his big old Rodigus dick and cast Endless Rain or whatever it's really called. wanted to play. Yeah, yeah. Me and Sean played him. Oh, you're a um, and nothing, nothing against Fraser. Fraser's good lad. It's good, good fun. But fuck his list. <laughs> He's bent me twice. He's becoming my kryptonite. So we'll, we'll, you know, if I play him yeah, at the weekend, really hopefully we'll change face, it. I wanted to face him just so I could take his battle tome off him, circle the bit where it says Nurgle units are not affected by this, and just push it back across the table. But, <laughs> well, Pestlins are gonna like, be good against something, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one. It's like yeah, it's fantastic. Also, my buff wheel. All right, beautiful. Um, anything else to say about Fraser's list, lads? Otherwise, we'll jump on to... No, I think it's it's a list we've covered. Uh, it's essentially Slaves to Darkness painted green. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we talked about it in the last show. Um, not last show, sorry, episode two. It's pretty similar to the Nikon list, as I said, other than those changes. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if it's still as powerful as what we what we believe it to be, or if it's sort of toned down a little bit now, but we'll find out in a few days anyway. I still think Nurgle is super powerful. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so I'm going to take the one destruction list that I think is in the event. Um, ben, um, so he has a Frostlord on Stonehorn, who is the general, and he is the ethereal amulet, so ignoring Rent. Uh, we've got a Huskard on Stonehorn. So this is sort of a throwback to mixed destruction of General's Hand, but one, I should say. Um, so Huskard on Stonehorn, Huskard on Thundertusk, Huskard on Thundertusk, Moon Clan Shaman, 20 grots, 20 grots, 20 grots. Uh, endless spells, Cogs. Ah, surprise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those fucking Stonehorns didn't run fast enough as it is. Um, yeah, now they do. And then he's got, um, the, Prismatic Palisades as well. Um, and he's got one command, one command point. So this comes out at 1950. And it's the command point. Um, it's, it's 2000 on the nose. Uh, so my initial reaction, my quick read, I'm not a destruction expert. Um, but I'm a run and punch in the face of my Frost Lord. My Hard Guard will come in on Stonehorn and beat a sort of beta strike wave possibly. Uh, cause it's going to be fun times removing. Frost Lord of Stonehorn, who's got a free plus save, doesn't degrade that much. It's what, like 12, 13 wounds, uh, ignores rend, and then if you do mortal wounds to him, halves mortal wounds. So there's no real answer to him other than lots of shitty attacks, possibly. You know, maybe, maybe a 40 block of skeletons, you know, who are rolling like three, 400 dice at you, um, and you know, fours and fours that will probably do the job. Um, However, something like my Stormcast, where it's a small number of attacks, but sort of elite attacks, um, would be really crippled by, by that sort of setup on a Frostlord. Um, and he's got the two Thundertusks. Again, they don't roll to hit, so they're, they're pure hero snipes. Um, so that's, I assume, how you'll play them. You know, they move eight inches, I think. When they're not hurt, they shoot 18 inches, so 26 inch effective threat. Uh, he'll have his destruction move, so it depends on who he's going to use. Um, I think that's another sort of six inches free movement there. Um, so we're looking at, you know, 30 odd inches or whatever it is. And, um, I assume they'll just pop around the board, D6 mortal woundsing heroes, um, and laughing at you as the stone horn just smashes into your lines. 
and the Grots are just there purely to hold objectives, is what I'd say. Uh, his Moon Clan Shaman is probably there to give him a six shield to the Huskard on Stonehorn. Not entirely sure. Don't know what his signature spell is. Uh, Cogs is there just to make everything happen turn one. Yeah, it's. I think it's a pretty simple, I'm going to come across the board and punch you in the face turn one sort of list. And then shoot your mortal, uh, shoot your heroes off with Thunder Tuss. Um, that's my sort of initial reaction or, or hot take, I guess you would say. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think he's going to love the command points um, on the Frost Lord. Now he can just pick to take six inch run. So eight inch, inch move. Thank you. Chuck the cogs up. 20 inch move. Still charge. So 32 inches if you feel like it. Um, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty tasty. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to hurt some people. That's for sure. <laughs> it's going to, those stone horns, they still have nightmares on those stone horns, but yeah, it's going to hurt some people. Um, so to say it was being pretty simple, sort of straightforward list, I think, sort of, you know, it's, it's narrative is I'm a punch you in the face and, um, and we'll see if you can get back up. Um, Sean, mate, who, who do you want to grab uh, I'm going to try and tackle, um, Ron's Seraphon list. Uh, <clears throat> now you oh, guys yeah. might have to do a little bit of research for me because I have no idea what those two battalions do. I believe it's the Mega Battalion from the um uh from the GHB. Uh but we'll we'll go through the list first. So um it's got a Slan general with the Ethereal Amulet again. Um so that that item popping up three times in three lists, um just proving how how awesome it is so far. Uh so I think here's the double Slan there. So the Slan general is his his whole thing will be hiding in the very corner of the board. Um generating summoning points i think uh then the other slan will be actually getting down to business getting some spells down it's going to be super hard for anybody to cast on the board especially if you don't have uh, a decent amount of modifiers to your casting role and um, so i think the sacrament list will be fine and um, they've got huge buffs to their casting i think arcan and sacrament has like plus four or something he becomes mini nagash for real um so I don't think the Slans can really deal with him, but stuff like your Stormcast, um, like we just see Ben's little Moon Shaman trying to put Mystic Shield on, it, I, don't, I don't think you're going to be able to get it off against um, six dispels anywhere on the board from the Slans. Uh, then he's got an yeah. Old Blood on Carnosaur. Um, I think he's there just for a bit of bit of a combat monster. Um, not sure what Life Bane is. Part of that, uh, mandatory. Yeah, because he's there because he's, he's mandatory. Okay. Yeah. Require um, yep. do, you, do you want to go through that now, Aiden? So when we go back through the list, um, what the battalion does? No worries. Um, well, this is just off the top of my head from I, from General's Handbook too. I'm not sure if they've changed anything here. Yeah, I've got the General's Handbook in front of me. Yeah, the Sunclaw Star Host, which is the Seraphon Battle Tome one. That one should be three units of Saurus Warriors and a Sunblood, which is the um one of the on foot seraphon leaders. Um everything gets an extra attack with their bite and their weapons get minus one rending. And then also, though this isn't gonna come into play much this tournament, they deal two damage against demons, which is you know, not bad. And then the Fangs of Sotek Battalion is that plus an old blood on Carnosaur and a slam. In the first turn, everything but the slam adds three to its move, which is really nice. Yep. Um, it allows the sun, sorry, the old blood to use his command ability even if he's not the general, and an extra command ability if he is. And I think that's been changed slightly for this edition. Yeah, it's one, add one commander point. Nice. 
Yeah. And then obviously because it's a mega battalion, um, it includes in brackets any number of Seraphon units, which means his army will be a one drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the first the first low drop yep. army so we've you... seen so far, other than um other than the Sylvanef armies. Sylvanef. Yeah. Yeah, not popular. Or just not really viable, though the Sylvanef and the um Anyone that has one of those mega battalions that isn't comprised of shit battalions, like they'll do it easily. The Sylvanif, obviously, it's pretty hard to find a bad battalion in the Sylvanif book, and same is pretty much true for Seraphon. So one dropping their army is still a really good choice. Yeah, I think a list like yeah, like this with the whole Fangs of Sotek and the, the Suncor Starhost, that's two hundred points for two battalions to make so your cheap. army one drop. That is general's hand. That's, that's general handbook one sort of numbers right there. When I was doing really well with my Stormcast running one drops, it was it was two hundred points I'd spend at the most to make it one drop. It was amazing. Um so this might be this might possibly be based on that comment alone a <laughs> uh, uh, sort of one of the a meta lists to come out of here. Not exactly this list, but um you might see a lot of people running um you know, the things are so tech and so on. So it's it's awesome. I mean, as Aiden said, plus three inches, he moved in your first battle round, minus his line, add one to command point, um, plus a couple of artifacts. That's It's pretty awesome. It's it's looking like a good army, and I'm looking forward to taking it on, although he's got a shit ton of bodies, so I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. Yeah, he, he's grudged you, um, um, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he grudged me, and I was like, sweet, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. The more I'm looking at his list, the more I'm, and the more I'm sort of, slowly understanding what shit does, <laughs> the more I'm thinking I'm in for a really hard time. But we'll see. It'll be awesome. Yeah, so um, he's got that Slan Slan, Old Blood on Carnosaur, um, Sunblood on foot, mm. uh, then an Astroth Bearer banner. So the mm. banner's awesome. It adds to the range of these Slan's castings, and it, um, it generates more summoning points from two. So I think he's really going to crank out the summoning points with this list. Um, then he's got the Skink Star Priest. Um, not a bad little little um, character. He's got a quite a cool little interaction with the um, the Carnosaur. He, one of his abilities is it just goes off. You don't have to roll for it. Um, you pick the a unit, and their bite roll on the wound roll of a six does double damage. So on the Old Blood on Carnosaur, um, pretty sure it does three damage flat, so it'd go up to six damage flat. On a, on a win roll of six. Um, and then he can buff his attacks to plus two on that as well. So he could really pump out five, six, seven attacks. Um, and then if he gets lucky, he could really smash some damage through with that, with that monster unit. Uh, then he's got 20 Saurus, 10 Saurus, 10 Saurus, yeah. 10 Skinks, 10 Skinks. Um, so pretty basic. Some chaff lines. Um, I think he's going to bring out probably a whole, whole lot of rippers really with the summoning points. Or Bastilodons. Um, I mm. think, think one of the guys here has seen him, um, painting up Bastilodons in his spare time. But 24 points is pretty, it's pretty awesome. He's, he's been putting up progress shots of Bastilodons being painted on Facebook, but I'm not seeing <laughs> Bastilodons in this list. Of <laughs> yeah, we know that's going. <laughs> Won't lie to you, mate. Yeah. I think I know, I think we've figured out what you're up to there, buddy. Um, yeah. and then he's got three endless spells. So, Really seeing heaps of endless spells coming out from these lists, which is pretty sweet. It's the new, it's the new hotness. Um, 
He's got my favorite. He's got Gemnids up first. So the, the debuff with the 2d3 mortal wounds. And then he's got Emerald Life Swarm again. So healing. I'm assuming that will just sit next to the Slan General. Um, just trying to keep him going as long as you can. Uh, and then he's got that humongous one, um, Suffocating Gravetide. So it's pretty cheap, pretty slow. Mm. Um, but it's huge. It's like six inches wide. You can just chuck it and block off some arrows on the boards. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. The, the one that the rolls off the field at like D3 mortal wounds, yeah, like that's minus one. one bravery or some shit. That's the one. Yeah. The issue with that one is look at the size of the model and then look at the war scroll on where it says it could be seen. Real close to your shit. So it has to um, be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Close I was. I had a hard time setting up burning head holy within three of my of my guy yesterday. It was like almost on top of him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking um, he will get plus yeah. eight, I think, from the Astroth banner. Um, so add eight to that range, and then if it's a ten plus on the slans, it's another six. So he could go whatever that range is plus fourteen. So he can really push it into some and some gaps. I think he will use it just for uh, board control, but area denial more than damage. Is it as um? Is it only the slime general? Yeah, so it's only the general that can generate points, uh, so. summoning points from the, yeah. the ritual. Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, Plus. if it's both of them, then it's what like eighteen points a turn. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Also, as a side, there you also get an extra D three per turn for each Saurus astral fury. Yeah, so maximum yeah. of twelve. So. Yeah. Uh, turn two, he could have a Bastillodon if he's really lucky. Um, yeah. So have, have fun with that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's got he's got a good amount of heroes there. You know, he's got six heroes, so he's maxed out his heroes. And then he's got what twenty, three, forty, fifty, sixty bodies between them. So I assume that's just what he'll do, just space them out. And then um yeah, and then throw in the spells at me and go from there. But that'll be super interesting, it'll be super cool playing on. As as I said, I played him once like two or three years ago. So it'll be really good to play him again and see how it goes. And I've only played Seraphon once, maybe? And that was a bit of a no game, so um, so we'll see where to from here. Um, I think we talked about Ron's list enough, so I'm going to move us on to Mr. Tim, Mr. Tron Hammer himself. It's been a while since we had a death list. Um, and also just a sort of low-hanging fruit because he's got fuck all units and models in his army. <laughs> um, he has an awesome bit of lore, which I haven't read, um, but he's got leaders, so he's got Nagash because he always runs Nagash, and that's that's going to be awesome. And then he's got Nagash's right hand man, Arcan. So this is a very narrative list. Um, and he's got two Morgas Archai, and he's got ten Graveguard, ten Graveguard, and he's got a Mortis Engine. And that's his army. It's fantastic. It's less models than me. It's crazy. Um, more importantly, my man, the first guy, the first guy in the event, possibly the only guy, um, he has a purple sun. So that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing if that goes off. And then, of course, he's got a spell portal to go with it. I'm assuming um, the hope is just to push the Purple Sun through the spell portal and ruin people's good times at a tournament because that is what Tim secretly is. He's a closet power gamer. And now that Nagash has some extra toys, he's going to ruin your weekend. So so what do we think of that, guys? Nagash, Arcan, two more Ghast Archai, Graveguard, Graveguard, Mortis Engine, no Battalions. Um, Tim and I used to joke that um, eventually... Our faith would be rewarded back when it was like General's Handbook 2. I played Pestilence, he played Death. 
he's like, don't worry, if we wait long enough, we'll get a really good army. And it's nice to see. <laughs> oh, buddy. So, <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> you... Oh, fucking, I cry all the way up until someone faces me and they're like, wait, this isn't weak. He's been lying. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, I'm, I mean, I assume he's probably trying to look to bury you in spells. Um, I'm not, I don't know much about death, so no expert on this, but he doesn't have a lot of bodies. He can't recycle a lot of units from what I understand. Um, he does have elite choices, so Grave Guard are good. And then he's obviously got the Morgas Archai. Um, and they got the Hellbirds. That's probably important to say. Um, and he's got Nagash, who is just like a wrecking ball in himself, cast a bunch of spells, pushing magic around. I mean, really just good luck to anyone that plays him. With like in the magic phase, because you're just gonna be like, just do what you want, mate. Because he gets what four plus to cast. He casts nine spells. Yeah, you can dis, you can dispel score one or two spells, but he's still got another seven coming at you. So, good luck. And he's got arcane. Yeah, I think I think you just put your so, dice down yeah. in the hero phase and um, give up on spells. Really, he probably just explains <laughs> to you how he wins the game. eh? he's just like, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. And it's going to come out of this, and then fuck you, I'm going to do that. And I'm just like, sweet, he'll, cool, this is awesome. He'll be real nice <laughs> about it, though. I think the best thing he'll, about he'll, this. He'll oh, see he you is, picking he's, up your dice in your hero phase, and he's like, now, buddy, we can roll the dice, or we can not waste our time. <laughs> just put them down. I think I'm looking forward to him, like, just pointing out someone's breathtakingly painted general, and then just holding out two hands of a dice in one of them and going, pick one. <laughs> yeah, that, that spell is fucking lame, man. Just oh, yeah. like a hand. Oh, there's a dice in it. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. straight through the spell Goodbye. portal as well. <laughs> Finger straight someone through, through that portal. <laughs> Make the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Gonna give you a fucking old-fashioned handy through the portal, eh? And it, it's actually not a good thing as well. So, yeah, the cheeky dust job. Oh, mate, that's um. I don't know what else we can really say about that list. Um. Other than it's classic Tim. Like, Tim has been running these sort of lists well before AOS 2, well before Endless Spells. Um, so, you know, this is, it'll be interesting to see what Endless Spells brings to his game. Um, because he's been running these sort of lists forever. So, um, yeah, be cool. It'll be cool. Uh, Sean, do you want to grab one of the Yeah, few so I'll probably take another back to back death list. Um, I'm going to take Jonathan's, Jonathan's death list. Uh, so it's back to the Legion of Sacrament. Uh, everything's wrapped up in Lords of Sacrament Battalion again. So that super popular one we've seen so far. Uh, he's got Arcan, the Black General. Uh, he has two Necromancers. He's got a Vampire Lord on foot with the wings. Um, he's got 20 Skelly Warriors, 30 Skelly Warriors, and five Diewolves for his battle line. Uh, then he has the Mortis Engine, which is part of the Battalion, uh, that big key piece in there. Um, then 10 Black Knights, which I'm, I'm a sneaky bit of a fan for. I've been trying to get, um, our local deaf player to see how they go. Um, and then two Morgas Archai. And then he only has one endless spell and it's that, uh, in, uh, Emerald Life Swarm again. So the healing one. Yeah, that's been yeah, pretty su- that's surprising. Quite popular, I, right? I didn't really rate it, but I might, um, but might have to bite, bite my tongue if it pulls it out. This, I'm just going to reread the, squat, the scroll to make sure it actually does what I thought it does. So I'm always I'm a big fan of it just because it's 
like with that spell it's literally the only way my army can gain any access to being able to heal its characters yeah so definitely a fan of the immortal life swarm yeah, well, I think armies that can't heal naturally, like through their own abilities and spells, are probably quite drawn to it. Um, I mean, yeah, and I think it sort of exasperates one of death strengths where they sort of stick around and they have save after save and all that sort of shit, and they can regenerate. So, I guess it's really, it really is sort of like, yeah, exasperating a, a strength. Uh, so, arm. just going back on those ten anyway. black knights, um, I I really interested to see how they go, um. The sneaky thing about them is now that we're 18 inches apart, they move 12 and then they auto charge 6. So you always make their 18 inches at the very start of the game if they, if they put somebody on the line. Um, and then with the necro buff on them, they get a pile and attack twice, which is cool. You turn around and kill all his black knights. He doesn't really care. He just pulls them back out of the grave again for free. Um, I think it's, Pretty awesome Alpha Strike unit like that. It's 100% disposable. Who cares if it dies? You can have a movement speed 12 unit when you feel like it, or you can pull your skellies back out with your command points. You can't fail it. It's always guaranteed. They put out a lot better damage now that they do two damage on the charge, and I think it's fours and threes or threes and threes on the charge now. Um, no rend, but but it's pretty. I think it's yeah. pretty tasty. I'll, I'm I'm hoping they do really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I thought Aiden might jump in there, but um no no no. It's it'll be interesting to see. I mean this as we see there's a lot of deathless and they all have the same battalion, but they all sort of have their own twist. Probably the only consistent is that we've seen Arcan three, four times now. We've seen him a few times. Yeah. Arcan Yeah. And, and and the necromancers as well. Like every list has an Arcan and Necromancer. But yet they have different builds. Um, so, you know, it'll be, I mean, this one's got quite a lot of skeletons, um, and then die wolves just to fill out the slot. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, and then he doesn't have an offensive endless spell as well. Like I think the other ones had offensive endless spells or at least cogs, which I guess is an offensive endless spell. Um, so it'll be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, I, I didn't know Jono owned a, a death army, but yeah, we'll see how we can. Yeah, we can pull that one out. Um, Aiden, my friends, who who do you want to pick and where do you want to go? There's only a few left I'm gonna, now. I'm going to continue my trend this night of picking armies that no one knows what the fuck they're yes. Oh, you're picking Tom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got less monsters than normal. I'm so surprised. Do it. <laughs> filled it out with fucking Tom, raiders. Tom, the, the cheeky devil is a man after my heart. Like, I'm just looking at this list and I'm just... I'm feeling a tear. Like, this is beautiful. Ah, the 162 yeah, wounds makes me feel good too. Mm. I just look at it and I'm like, man, like him and I. I'm, 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 I've changed my mind. Order Draconis guy. I'm sorry. Like Tom, Tom is my pick. Bless you. I love the Wild Stalker, um, Greyhood. It's a really cool battalion, and their allegiance ability really just adds to it with the whole ambush feature. Um, kind of lame that they put in the FAQ, because I'm probably the only person in the world who bothered to read the FAQ for Brayherd. <laughs> but, um, the Herdstone can't be placed if you don't deploy your general on the table. So your general can't be put in the ambush. Oh, yeah. But he's gone around that by he's just using a generic beast lord as his general. He's not sprung for anything fancy. So, that's definitely fine. Um, I feel like the Herdstone's actually really good, because it takes a 
a really really offensive army and it just gives him a bit of an option to be a little bit defensive um i like that he's got his four groups of 10 ungor raiders because those things are just annoying as shit like they just pop up from you know with his ambush feature they're going to be coming at you from all sides they're um they're cheap as you can see they've got good shooting and pretty much everything in an art in the Greyherd's army has this weird feature where if you've got a totem or a banner they can ruin your day and I mean what doesn't have a totem or a banner so they've definitely got that going for them and then he's got his group of 20 best agors which are um the Greyherd's elite infantry unit in the vein of say imperial greatswords or um skaven storm vermin they put out a decent amount of wounds. They have a 4 plus, no, it's a 5 plus save that goes to a 4 plus. They have the shields, which they will. And he'll probably heap his buffs on top of them. On top of that, he's got how many points? Oh, 1980, so no extra. And then his allies, he's got a Gorgon, which is awesome. Like that thing just murders. If it gets into close combat range, that thing is going to wreck whatever it fights. And then his Mutalith Vortex Beast, which his, I'm hoping he's got a few Chaos Spawns painted up and tucked away in his back pocket, because any free model is a good model, and the Mutalith Vortex Beast is a really potent debuff engine, where you roll for a random outcome, but all of them are good, so it's not really any kind of negative. And the point drop as well was really cool for that, so I'm um, pretty pumped to see it, and it's thematic as well, like it's weird, it's wild. I like it. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does. I think he's going to take a lot of people by surprise. It's also a low-drop army as well. If I'm, I've just been quickly checking to see the battalion. Uh, is it... I thought it was four, because he's got two Beast Lords, and you need oh, yeah. one for the battalion. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so it's a Beast... Yeah. So it's a battalion plus a Beast Lord plus the allies, so it's four-drop, which is... I mean, compared to what we're seeing, it's pretty low. Um, oh yeah. Except He's maybe an out drop like half the field. Yeah, maybe excluding the death players and then the ambushes. So that's going to set him up quite well. And I think turn one is like super important these days. Whereas I always used to go for turn two because I didn't want to be double turned. But um, yeah, I think he's I think he's set in a good position. And I think you're right. And I think a lot of people go, "What the fuck does this legacy army do? <laughs> and and why is it an Age of Sigma? <laughs> you know, like." And then they'll realize that. Everything hits and wounds pretty bad. Um, but Tom, Tom's great fun to play. He's a great laugh. He's, um, I love playing Tom. He does have the one extra command ability, uh, sorry, command point from, um, from the battalion. Old Stalker. Yeah. But other than that, um, I mean, I can't add anything further than what you've already said. So I think anything, it's just a, anything to add to it's on? a good, fast, uh, Alpha Strike army is the gores are way faster than, um, You'd expect, I guess, they'll easily get a first turn charge on. And then, um, yeah, hopefully they can tie them up for long enough to score the objectives at the back. Kind of, if he goes forward with that um, that sort of fire slayer idea that you get everybody stuck, score some objectives, and then hopefully by the time they've cleared enough of you, of you off of the board, um, it'll be too late to win on objective points. Just how you win the game. So I, I think it's quite a cool list. I think he's, I think he's done well with the, um, with, with the battalion and all the movement. Yeah, it's um, I mean, I've I've only played Brayhurts once or Beastman, whatever they're called, and it was um against Matt B, and I was 
pretty shocked to see the amount of guys on the board and I was pretty terrified of how quickly they moved. Um, but then I was super relieved that when I like just rolled dice and regardless of what I rolled, they died. Um, you know, they're just, they're, they're paper. They're, they're literally paper. Um, so I guess it comes back to me. So I've got, um, a list here. Mike, who is, it's the first Zench list that we've seen actually. Um, I don't think you lads have it. It's a lot of change. Uh, it's Gaunt Summoner with familiars. It's actually two Gaunt Summoners with familiars. Uh, Herald of Zinch, and then he's got, uh, 10 pink horrors, 10 pink horrors, 10 pink horrors, and he's got 6 enlightened on disc, and then he has spell portal, pendulum, and then the jaws, and geminids, and quicksilver, so he's got 5 endless spells. Which I guess, I guess that makes sense. Um, I don't know how many points it is total because I'm sort of working with a half completed list here. Um, but he's got five endless spells, and he's running Zinch. So, yeah, it's not a change host. Um, I don't know, the two corn summoners are sort of unusual, but I guess because they are... Yeah, um, they cast two, two spells, spells protect, so you better take good use of those um, endless spells that so, he's got with the corn summoners. So really, actually, now that I look at it, what he's trying to do is he's trying to cycle as many successful spell attempts as he can. And just generate more stuff coming on the board for his summoning points. That's exactly yeah, what he's yeah, doing, that, right? That's an awesome way to put it to you. Because he's got Lord of Change, two Gaunt Summoners, that's six spells right there. He's got a Herald, which is one, maybe two spells. I'm not too sure. And he's got three units of Bank Horrors. So at the least, he's got 10 spells cast in a turn. So yeah, I, I assume that's what he's going to be doing. Um, beyond that, it's, I guess it's sort of, not so common units you see in Zinch. There's no Skyfires. We don't really have a Skyfire heavy meta in New Zealand. Um, the Enlightened is super awesome in combat. Um, I'm surprised he doesn't have Blue Horrors because I, not Blue Horrors, sorry. Um, shit, what's the little hero character? And they get, oh, it's like scribes, a four plus yeah. spell. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And everyone, everyone gets a reroll spell, like cast attempts. I think, I think they're super good and I think they're quite cheap, but maybe, yeah, not, maybe not he's felt sure. the points change. Um, because um, literally everything in this u- in this list, Maybe other just... than the enlightened, have gone up, gone up massively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Lord of Change sort of rightfully so, and the Gaunt Summoners, I guess, <laughs> rightfully so. <laughs> I I, oh, I think it'll be interesting to see how they go. I, I don't know. I, still think it's worth it. I I mean, when I when I sort of heard the preview of Stormcast Heroes, I was like, sweet, that name Stormcast Heroes, like 360 points. And he casts two spells and he does all the shit. And I'm just like, oh, but a lot of change or like Rodigus, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's still the same or slightly more points. So I felt a little ripped off at that, I will say. But yeah, so I'm, I'm still recovering from <clears throat> spending the last two years having point summoners completely ruin my army. So like, yeah. Make them 300 points, I say. Yeah. 400. There's no, I mean, there's no Bellwind, surprisingly enough, but as I said, there's five endless, it's Spell Portal. It'll be, um, um yeah. Interesting to see if he does sword. the, uh, yeah, I, I know there's been a lot of worry about the Spell Portal. It's, it, it's got the potential to be worse than the Bellwind, um, but without the three inch push. So yeah. if he does do the the sort of idea where he puts the portal down, and then everybody huddles around the portal and then blows their load into it and smashes it through the middle of the, their opponent's army, to see if it works, or to see if it's a 
good idea, terrible idea. Um, is it worth the points? Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he does it. Oh, I think the portal's well worth it for armies like Zench and the Gash armies, where you just have so many spells and you can just... Assuming you can get that portal yeah. off, that is. Everybody has to stay within an um, inch yeah, of the portal that's, too, that's which, you know, there's some huge problems with that as well. It's not holy, though. You can just form a little circle and just drop it in the circle, and it's just one one model. So you can have part of the Lord of Change base and then part of Lord <clears> Summoners. You could probably get... I, I realize you can't get everyone in because what what does yeah, the portal base mil. come on like a forty mil base? So so you could probably get at least sort of heroes in there. His four heroes sort of around in a circle. If you as long as you deploy it, you know, have a little deployment map yeah. or something. I think like um, uh, but, the problem with that is that all your heroes are bunched around one thing, one inch away from one thing. You know, if if that starts becoming a thing. You start taking the Salicent Prime, you start taking the Comet, um, stuff like that. You pick that point, and there goes oh, every yeah. single one of your heroes um, in two turns, maybe, you know, tops. Yeah. So I, I, I don't see it happening. I think it's too easy to counter. Um, but I think it could be pretty brutal if it goes off as well. Yeah, I think I think people will give it a try, see how it goes. I mean, it's early days, so people are sort of finding their feet as to what's going on. Um, but yeah, so, that, so that's Mike's. Um, I think we have Ooh, one. We got, we got left, Jimmy P's, maybe? do we? Um, yep, that's, hey. that's the one I was referring to. The, do you want to yep. take this? May as well. This list, um, so James Page has the Legion of Sacrament um, in the same Sacrament list uh, that the rest of the Death players do, other than Timmy. Um, his list consists of two units of five direwolves. Mortis Engine, which is part of the battalion. Uh, Arcan, part of the battalion again. I believe he's the general. Yeah, he is the general. Um, and two Necros. Then he has the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. And he's got that same idea with the Ethereal Amulet on, on the Vampire Lord. So three up save, ignoring Rend. Um, then 10 Graveguard, 40 Skellies, um, and three lots of endless spells. So he's got the Jaws. He's got, uh, Gemnids. And he's got the pendulum. So it's very, very similar to Finn's list. Um, I think uh-huh. the only real difference to Finn's list is, um, some of the spells are different. He's taken the Wraith Bowl and the Necromancer, which I think is pretty cool. Um, there's a cool little artifact that adds some shooting phase to armies that don't have really a shooting phase. So it's, um, pick an enemy unit with an 18 in the shooting phase, roll six dice, each six up some mortal wound. Um, so it's not, Super nasty, but you know, death's limited. They don't, they don't have a shooting phase really. Um, so a way to sneak it in there for some, some shooting phase damage is better than none. Yeah. I mean, Finn has, Finn has cogs. That's the difference in endless spells. So Finn has cogs. James has, um, yeah. the jaws. But otherwise, it's, the lists are pretty similar. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> I think all the, um, all the spells from the law of death is more or less the same. Um, Vampire Lord's got pinions, so you can get speedy quick again. Um, it's like 24 inches or something. If it goes off in a double that he can move and then charge. So it's super scary. Um, yeah. I can with that D6 mortal wound line spell again. Um, and then the two necros, one has soul harvest. I do believe it's D3 mortal wounds and then you heal a wound. 
um, to a unit within six inches from the caster. So he might just pick it up on um, Arcan if he needs a bit of, bit of extra and try and get him back up. Other than that, I think it's pretty pretty standard sacrament list from what we've seen so far. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, another one that's pretty similar to the ones that come before it, but it's definitely, you know, it's James Page, so you can't really discount it out of the gate. The guy's pretty fucking methodical, so it's unlikely that he'd bring anything that he doesn't think would give him a good chance at winning. Yeah, yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, it's... It's similar to the other death list we've seen, but it's got its own sort of subtle changes. Um, you know, the endless spells. I think he's got one or two spell setups different. Otherwise, I think it's pretty, um, pretty much the same as Finn's list. So it'll be interesting to see how the two players, um, as you said, James is a very methodical player. Um, Finn's a very aggro player. So it'll be interesting to see how they sort of, you know, play, um, similar lists, but in a, in a different sort of style. Um, I think the amulet on the zombie dragon is just win. It's just so good. It's money. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that, how that goes and how he runs this list. Um, again, there's another arcane. What's that? Like five of them. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, and I think that is all the lists that we have so far. I think there's about 15, 16 lists that we just did just then. Uh, which is good because we're just about to clock into two hours. So that's handy. Um, there's a couple late stragglers that are yet to come in. Um, we will not be adding them to the show. Um, they're just going to miss out. We will have to wait for those lists to come in before you can release the show, though. So it won't be coming out tonight. So it'll be coming out Thursday at the earliest, assuming everyone gets their lists in. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the Warhost overview list review show. I guess you, you can call it. Um, so after seeing the list, guys, do you have, any favourites um, to, you know, what you know from the players and what you know from the list. Um, I have one. I'm going to check them out right now. Um, and I am going to give Ron a good shout. Um, first of all, because he's playing a chump in the first round, being me. <laughs> and uh, the more I look at his list, um, you know, the slants, he's got double slants, so he can generate points. Um, it's a bit of redundancy. He's got a one-drop list. He can bring on very hard-hitting units, which aren't initially in his list. He's got 60-odd bodies of infantry. He's got six heroes there to support them. Um, he can unbind from wherever the hell he wants six times uh, with his slan, I believe. I don't know if he gets any pluses to cast or pluses to unbind, so I don't think the slan have any of those abilities, but he's got an Astraloft Bearer, which might give him some sort of buff. I'm not entirely sure. Sort of hoping one of you guys bail me out and say yes or no. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think Ron's, I just don't know how much Warhammer Ron's been playing. Um, I haven't seen him around in a while, so I don't know what he's been up to. Um, so that would be my only concern, but it'd be nice to see a Seraphon list win. It'd be nice to see Ron win. Um, yeah, I think he's in for probably a good a sneak or well, a top five finish, if not a solid podium pick. Um, but we'll see how he goes. See if he can push over my Stormcast. Um, either of you guys got a, got a pick or a list or, yeah? Oh, yeah. Go on then, Aiden. Yep. I've, sweet as, <laughs> Team Lee all the way, baby. Oh, Team, like, Team Leslie. Team, Team Lee, mate. I yeah. mean, I tell you, he's patient. He's deadly. He's British. You can't trust someone who's those three things. Yeah. He's charming. 
he's onto it. He knows his list. Oh yeah, he's the international man, as he's been called. He knows his <laughs> list. He um, he frequently, like once a week, has to face me and my gamey, cheesy bullshit, and still manages to take me on and kick my ass. So um, he's ready for he's ready for even the cheesiest of cheese, I think. So um, I'm putting my money on Lee. And it's not because he's usually my ride to tournaments. It's because I genuinely think. He's <laughs> <my player>. okay. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to pick my favourite yeah. sacrament list of the lot. Um, normally I've would have thought James would have stolen um stolen my my pick, but um I like Finn's list more than I like James's. They're very 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 similar. Um, but I I've got my money on Finn. Um, it's a little bit more aggressive. Um, and there's just so much damage across there. The, I think the Cogs is going to go off awesome, um, especially if that, that Vampire Lord doubles their pinions and nails somebody from, you know, across the other side of the board. Yeah, I'm inter- really interested to see how these Legions lists go, um, but I think they're going to be super strong. I think Finn's a super aggressive player and a super aggressive list, um, and he's going to do really well. I think that's a good shout, too. Um yeah, I mean, we we covered it off, Finn is an aggro player, and I think that Zombie Lord and Dragon just offers him so much, why Arcane just sits there laughing at you from the back of the board. Um, and he's got Cogs, which is just an aggro offensive spell. You know, it'll be... Um, I I feel like you're going to go to a tournament and you're going to have to play a couple of deathless these days, which is quite cool, because previously, you know, I might be able to count the amount of deathless I've played over the last 10 tournaments on one hand. Um, so, so yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good to shake up the meta. And I think it's been about roughly about six months since the book came out, you know, and I think there was a sort of, um, common feeling of underwhelmingness at the time, but obviously the book was written with this, you know, AOS two in mind and, and, you know, it's been six months. So people have had time to build their armies and plan lists and play tests and all that sort of shit. And that's about when we saw Zinch started to do really well. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, going forward but now i'm looking forward to it, shaking up the meta bit of a change from chaos uh so we'll see what happens um other than that lads do you have anything to add general comments or anything to sort um any other comments about lists or players going to warhouse no it looks like a good good competitive field i think it's gonna be it's gonna be one hell of a tournament it's gonna be tight as they say as they say in the biz from what i understand <laughs> so so yeah uh, so plans for the show. So next episode will be, um, coming out probably late mid the following week following Warhost. Uh, so what the week beginning, uh, the 10th, as I said, um, my colleague, uh, Sean is not coming. Um, Aiden unfortunately isn't coming too, but he, he was coming up until about a day or two ago, but I had to pull. Uh, so we thought we'd get him on anyway. And I, I think he brought something to the cast today. So that was good. Um, but a knowledge that I definitely didn't have. Um, and a bit of banter there, which is always good. Uh, so what we'll try to do is we'll try get someone on who is attending and we'll do a, a sort of recap show like we did in our second episode of Nikon where we recap what happened. Uh, much in the same vein. Again, looking to spotlight New Zealand events and the New Zealand scene. Um, so other than that, guys, we'll leave it there for now, but we will be back in your ears in a, in another week or so. Um, Aiden, you're not on Twitter, are you? I need to make one because I hear there's a lot of it on there. But um, no, I mostly do all my Warhammer stuff through um. I'll promote Facebook promote your blog. Alliance. Thing. 
TGA thing. Yeah, promote your oh, blog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got this blog on um, TGA called um, Acolytes of the Withered Word, and it's pretty much just dedicated to everything Skaven, Pestilence, and Scryer and all that sort of stuff. So if you're ever interested in reading about the rats, or if, God forbid, one day we get an update, there'll be just this big host of knowledge there for you. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, and if you enjoy sort of what Aiden brought to the table today, Aiden hit him up on TGA and get in touch and go from there. But yeah, you should get on. Um, you should get on Twitter, and so should Sean. Sean should get on Twitter because I've been posting lots of your Instagram photos on Twitter today. Oh, um, oh boy, I'm glad I can't see that. What Sean? I hope I hope it's the one. But his, his lats are so intense. Oh. He's about to take off. <laughs> I, I haven't, but given that you were sort of, you, you didn't jump down my throat for that, I might actually go post them on and play <laughs> who's guess what Sean is which. Right, you got to take pictures of myself posting in the same manner. <laughs> i got to sign up to see those photos now. <laughs> Fuck, Mary kill, Age of Sigmar edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe next show, Sean will have a Twitter, so if you want to get in touch with him, you can. Um, otherwise, I'm at AOS Sean, S-H-A-U-N 89. Um, in the show notes if you want to get in touch. If not, no worries. Um, other than that, that will be the show for today. Thanks, lads. Uh, it's almost midnight on a school night, so that's never easy. Um, I'm not working at the moment, though, because I'm on leave. So I appreciate you guys being more accommodating for me. Um, and I hope you enjoy doing whatever you're doing tomorrow. Um, but otherwise, thanks for listening again, guys. And we'll be back at you pretty soon. Cheers.